Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. As always, we appreciate you listening every week at this same time for Bible Crossfire. A little bit of a strange name, but, but we'll get across the, the, the message that we're willing to take calls, Bible questions, Bible comments, possibly even disagreements. We want to do it in a friendly and respectful way, but if we differ on what the Bible says, let's look at what the Bible says and find out the answer to the question. The only rule in this program is is that the Bible is going to be the authority. God is the ultimate authority. Therefore, His Word is our authority. by, and So it's going to settle all matters, all questions and issues. The rule is the Bible settles the issue because we know what God says in the Bible is right. It might be that somebody says, God told me this or I think this. But if it's different than what the Bible says, if it contradicts what the Bible says, we know the Bible's right, so we have to reject what other people say. Phil from Grand Rapids, Michigan, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, Patrick. You have said on previous programs that false teachers will spend eternity in hell, and you have mentioned a number of people that you feel are that you believe are false teachers like Billy Graham and Charles Stanley. My question is, can you name one single preacher, well-known preacher, that a name that most of us would recognize that you don't consider a false teacher? Uh, what do you mean by well-known? Well, Somebody I know that's well-known to me or somebody that's well-known to you? Somebody that's well known to your audience. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, Paul, Peter. These are all teachers that are true teachers that are well known to the audience, and they are true teachers, not false teachers, because they taught God's word instead of contradicting God's word. You know, I'm looking at Matthew 15, verse 9. Jesus says, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So people who teach for doctrines the commandments of men, their worship is going to be in vain, meaning useless or worthless. We all know you can't go to heaven that way. So people who are false teachers, and and you say, what is a false teacher? Well, by definition, it would be somebody who teaches something that's false, something different than what the Bible says. This says that their worship will be in vain, They can't be saved that way. Uh, Verse 14 of the same chapter says, Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So the blind leader here, this is an analogy, an analogy, the blind leader represents the false teacher, like Phil brought up. The blind follower represents us. If we allow that false teacher to lead us astray, the ditch represents the bad place being lost. So the false teacher and those they lead astray are going to be lost. That's why it's so important that on programs like this, we warn the audience against these false teachers. And instead of following after people like Billy Graham, who taught that Muslims and Jews could be saved without believing in Christ, that's false. That contradicts John 8, 24, John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Contradicts many passages like that. That means somebody that teaches that is teaching falsely. He's a false teacher. How about 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1? It says, But there are false prophets also among the people, 
even as there should be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in condemnable even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So false teachers will be destroyed spiritually and the people who listen to them will be condemned according to this passage. To be like the Bereans that we read about in Acts 17 verse 11. When Paul was preaching, they didn't just take his word for it. It says they searched the scriptures to see if what he was preaching was so. We need to do that when you hear me preaching on this program, when you hear anybody on the TV or any on the radio or at church. Search the scriptures to see if what they're saying is so to make sure you're not going to be like those we read about in Matthew 15, 14. The blind leading the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. If you have a Bible question or a comment, the lines are wide open. The number to call is 877 655 6755. If you have a Bible question or a comment, 877-6755. Now last week we were talking about religious people who had to change. We talked about Saul of Tarsus who later became Paul. Acts 26 verse 5, talking about Paul before he became a Christian, says that he lived after the most straightest sect of our religion, a Pharisee. And yet, even though he was very religious, very zealous in that religion, eventually he had to be told by Ananias to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Meaning, while Saul was religious, very zealous for his Jewish religion, not saved. He needed to be baptized to get his sins washed away. And then we looked at Cornelius as another religious person who had to make a change toward the truth in order I'm looking at Acts 10, looking in verses 1 through 6, about Cornelius. And we read this passage in full last time. It says, He was a devout man, one that feared God. He gave much alms to the people, meaning charity. He prayed to God always. Yet, he wasn't saved just because he was devout and feared God and just because he was religious. Because he was like that, God sent Peter to him to tell him the truth. And as a matter of fact, he told Cornelius in Acts 11, verse 14, Call for Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So both Saul of Tarsus and Cornelius were very religious, yet they were not saved. Now, now why would I bring something like that up on this program? It might be that in the listening audience, you're out there and very religious. But you need to change and follow the truth just like Saul and Cornelius. It, you might be in that situation. And the way you'll know if you're in that situation is, are you following the truth? You know, Jesus said in John 8:32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Talking about being made free from sin. So you need to study the truth, find out the truth on issues like women preachers, gay marriage, baptism. The Lord's Supper, find out the truth and follow that truth. And if you're not following the truth, then you may be a religious person who needs to make a change so you can be saved. Last week we also mentioned Apollos as another example of a religious person who needed to make a change toward the truth. And by the way, the lines are still wide open. If you want to make a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877 655 that's 877-655-6755. Last week we were looking at Apollos in Acts 18, 24 through 26. 
And let me read part of those passages to see what kind of person Apollos was. First, it says he was an eloquent man. It says he was mighty in the Scriptures. And if you're preaching the Word of God, you need to be mighty in your knowledge of the Scriptures. It says that Apollos was, quote, instructed in the way of the Lord. That's a very high compliment. It says he was fervent in the Spirit, which speaks to his how zealous he was. It says he taught diligently the things of the Lord. So Apollos was a religious man, doing a lot of things right, very religious, very zealous, so zealous that he was preaching what he believed to be the truth. But his, his knowledge of the truth was incomplete. It says he knew only the baptism of John. And so we read at the end of Acts 18 that Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and gently corrected him. And that's one of the things we try to do on this program. There's a lot of religious people out there, but they're not actually following what the Bible says. They say they believe in Jesus, but they don't actually follow the teaching of Jesus. And this program is designed to gently correct them. Now, if we'd have kept on reading past the end of Acts 18, like we didn't, we would have seen an example of some other people who were religious, but they needed to make a change. Let me read Acts 19, 1-5. Yes. That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you have a Bible question or comment, call 7-655-6755. So here we have some disciples, and it's very possible that they were disciples that had been taught at a, by Apollos, because they were at Ephesus. Acts 18 says that Apollos was at Ephesus, and they believed exactly what Apollos was teaching before Aquila and Priscilla corrected him. So it had to be somebody that taught them that was either Apollos or somebody teaching the same thing as Apollos. And they, because of that, they were only baptized with the baptism, not baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's a clue here about what the difference is between John's baptism at this point and the baptism in the name of Christ. John's baptism was based upon repentance and was for the remission of sins. That's like New Testament baptism. But here's the difference. When John the Baptist was preaching and baptizing folks, he was teaching that they needed to believe on the person that would come after him. So John was preaching that the Messiah was coming. You needed to believe that, repent of your sins, and be baptized for the remission of sins. And that was fine while John was uh, preaching and baptizing because Jesus hadn't come yet. But now after Acts chapter 2, Jesus Christ the Messiah has already come. He's died. He's been resurrected. Now it's no longer valid to preach that the Messiah is coming. And so if a person is baptized based upon that belief, their baptism would be invalid because it would be based upon incorrect knowledge, incorrect belief. Today, not only are we supposed to believe that the promised Messiah has already come, but Romans 10, 9, and 10 teaches we have to believe that he's been resurrected from the dead to be saved. 
So you can't baptize now based upon the belief that the Messiah is coming. If you do, your baptism is invalid. You need to be baptized based upon the belief that Jesus Christ is that promised Messiah. He has come, he has died, and he's been resurrected. So if in those days, these people had evidently been with John the after it had become obsolete or invalid. And so it was based upon a false premise that Jesus the Messiah was to come. The baptism needed to be that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has already come, died, and been resurrected. And evidently, these disciples had been baptized based upon that false belief. At one time, that would have been the correct belief, but now it was a false belief. And so they needed to be baptized again, this time scripturally. And so they were. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. That number is 877-655-6755. Six seven five five. You say, Pat, because I don't think there's anybody like that today that's still being baptized with John the Baptist's baptism. And you're probably right. But it illustrates for us that if a person is baptized with incorrect knowledge based upon the wrong belief that his baptism, even if he's immersed, that his baptism is unscriptural. For example, in Acts 2.38, we have the people on the day of Pentecost were accused of crucifying the Son of God, and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 37, and Peter said, in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So the purpose for baptism has to be for the remission of sins. Well, there's a lot of people today who get baptized, even immersed, but they don't do it for the remission of sins. They think they're already saved. They think they already have the remission of sins when they, quote, accept Christ. And then they get baptized later when they can get around to it. No emergency because they think they're already saved. If you were baptized like that, meaning you thought you were saved, quote, when you believed, when you, quote, accepted Christ, you're saved from your sins then and we'll get baptized later whenever we can get around to it. Then when you got baptized later, you were not baptized you were, bapti- were not baptized for the remission of sins. You were baptized unscripturally, and you were baptized, or should I say baptized again the first time scripturally, that is, for the remission of sins. Just like these people in Acts 19 had been immersed, but they had been baptized with the unscriptural knowledge, if you were not baptized for the remission of sins, then you were baptized with unscriptural knowledge. You didn't do it for the remission of sins, then you hadn't actually done what Acts 2.38 requires. You may have thought you were saved from your sins, but you were not because you weren't baptized for the remission of sins, to be saved from your sins, if you thought you were saved before you were baptized. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 16.16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So it takes both belief and be baptized. And as we've already looked at with Saul of Tarsus, Here's a religious person, Saul of Tarsus, that needed to be saved. He believed on That means he believed then, but he wasn't saved then. At least three days later, in Acts 22:16, Ananias told him to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. So obviously, he wasn't saved when he believed, like most churches teach. He wasn't saved until three days later when he was baptized. The blood of Christ is what washes away our sins, Revelation 1.5. But the question is when. When we believe? No. 
Saul of Tarsus believed on the road to Damascus, but he's told at least three days later to get his sins washed away, to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So obviously, so obviously, we're baptized to get our sins washed away. The blood of Christ washes away our sins when we're baptized, not when we believe. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or a comment. Um, we have about 10 minutes, so if you want to give us a call, um, we, we'll take your call. And we have a call coming up. But here's another reason why people may have to make a change religiously. Some believers are not abiding in the doctrine or the teaching of Christ. Second John 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And so some are not abiding in the teaching of Christ. They don't, they don't have God. They're not going to be saved. We must abide in the teaching of Christ in order to be saved. 2 John 9 says that. Now we may have a lot of religious people out there listening in this audience. They're not abiding in the teaching of Christ. And 2 John 9 says... Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So you can't be saved if you're not abiding in the teaching of Christ. So a religious person, no matter how zealous he might be, if he's not abiding in Christ, he does not have God, he's not going to be saved. He needs to make a religious change and start abiding in the teaching of Christ. And then if we look at verses 10 and 11, in the next two verses after verse 9, it says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed, for he that biddeth him God speed is partaker of his evil deeds. So here's somebody that's not abiding in the teaching of Christ. We're not to bid them God speed, else we become a partaker in their evil deeds. So you may be a religious person out there, but you're worshiping with the church that's not abiding in the teaching of Christ. If that's true, you don't need to bid them Godspeed. You need to find a church that's faithfully following his word because otherwise you'll be a religious person that needs to be make a change so that you can be saved. Hey, Larry, I'm, I think we're having a, a, some audio problems, but maybe it's cleared up now. How you doing? You're Larry from uh, Iowa. Go okay. ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I am. Uh, Patrick? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, hey, I think, I think I've got a, a good example of what you're talking about here. Uh, uh, Thirty years ago, my wife and I came to Christ. And uh, anyway, in a church of Christ, and which we still are, but in the meantime, about seven or eight years later, uh, anyway, I'll go back. We were baptized for the remission of our sin. We, and just as Acts two thirty eight says. But anyway, as time went on, about seven or eight years later, we moved to a remote place in Oregon, and 
there was only one church across the street from where we lived. So we attended there, and uh, they wanted us to be baptized again to join their church. But we explained to them that we'd already been baptized, and uh, we we were understood, you know, we understood that the Bible is what it says it is, and that's why we were baptized, for what it says it is. Uh, But we went ahead, and they wanted to baptize, join their church. Okay, we did. We figured we took another dunk for no reason, but that's okay. Well, we attended there a year and found out very, you know, it didn't take long to find out that they were, their belief was totally different. It was, it was, you know, you can't lose your salvation, and and they actually wanted us to uh, share that with people out of our mouth because they wanted, well, we, we were teaching a Bible class there, and, and uh, well, that's when it all ended because we wouldn't do that. But I think it goes along with what you're talking about here on your program. Uh, there's only one way, and that's the right way. And I'm going to leave it at that, and, you know, if there's any comments, come in later. We 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 went through that. We, Larry, th- we th- thank you for your call, Larry. All right, thank you for okay, your call, Larry. All right, yeah. bye. Yep. So if you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. So we've been following up with last week's program and talking about religious people who had to make a change to be right with God. Uh let me say, what do all of the above, the people I've talked about, like Saul and Cornelius and Apollos, people in Acts 19, those who are not abiding in the teaching of Christ, Uzzah and Adab and Abihu, all of these were religious but not following the truth and they had to make a change. What did they all have in common? As I said, they were religious but not following God's truth. And Jesus said in John 8:31, if you continue then are you my disciples indeed. So you're only a true disciple if you continue in Jesus' word. And he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We're only made free from our sins by the truth. A lot of religious people out there aren't following the truth. We, they, they think they're going to be saved simply because they're religious, but they're not going to be saved if they're not following the truth. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 says... Ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So we have to do more than just believe. To get our souls purified, we have to obey the truth. Not just believe, but we have to obey the truth. Now let me mention, I've been offering uh, on this program since about mid-November, one-hour phone Bible studies. Of course, it's free of charge. So sometime at your convenience, I can have a Bible study with you over the phone, wherever you live, when it's convenient for you. If you would like to have a one-hour phone Bible study, then what I want you to do is call or text my cell phone number. And that number is 256-682-9753. Or you could do it any time during the week. You could call or text me and say, Pat, I want the one-hour phone And we'll hook you up with that. And the way we normally do it is I get your email address, send you an outline, maybe a day or two ahead of time so you can look over the outline. And then we have a set time where I call you and we have a one-hour 
Bible study over the phone. We can do that once a week if you want to. You give me a call or text me at 256-682 if you want that phone Bible study. Again, the number to call, call or text, the number is 256-682-9753 if you want the phone Bible study. Perhaps you just want to send me an email or sign up for a free Bible correspondence course. Go to the website, BibleCrossFire.com. BibleCrossFire.com. There you can listen to any program last four or five years. You can sign up for the correspondence course. Ask for the phone Bible study. You can send me an email and ask me a Bible questions. Bible throughout the week. Perhaps you're a little too shy to do it on the air, but you have a question for you, for me. You want to do it by email or by the phone off the air. Go to BibleCrossFire.com. And if you want the phone Bible study, Call or text me at 256-682-9753.